Yes, sir. Well, God bless you all for being here today. I'd like to take your Bible and turn to the book of Jonah, if you would, please. Jonah, the third chapter. We're going to read there, verse 1 to 10. Praise God this morning. One of these days, we're going to fly away. Going to fly away. Not going to just gravitate. We're going to fly away. Jonah, chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. They got it up on the screen. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city of three days. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. (coughs) For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered with sackcloth and ashes. Okay. And he caused to proclaim a fast, published throughout all the land, the king and his robes. He let neither beast from the flock of everybody had to fast. Okay. Excuse me. <coughs> I don't know why when I come up here I start coughing. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. And let them turn from everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in the, their hands. Okay? Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works and they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he would do unto them. (coughs) Verse 1 said, The word of the Lord (coughs) came to Jonah the second time. God is so merciful, he does not just speak to us one time. He is so merciful, you ought to cry out that God is merciful. He's not willing for that city to perish. It's one of the greatest wicked cities on the face of that earth at that time. But he speaks to you more than one time. Most of the time we're a little dull of hearing. But he will not let you go. Glory to God. God told Jacob when he left home, all he had was a stick. He said, I'm not going to leave you until I finish the work that I've started in you. Twenty-something years later, God never left him alone. Brother Ken mentioned our Sunday school class this morning. You know, we ought to just sit down sometime in a chair and think of all the good things that God has done for you and maybe you have forgot. When Keith and Gina were building their house, <coughs> we was over there working, Mr. Mr. Yunt and I, and Keith was going to go to town. Cameron was real small. He was outside playing he tied a rope around his neck and tied it back to the back of Keith's truck. Keith didn't know he was there. <coughs> and Keith got in the truck and left. Mr. Yunt happened to be outside and went to hollering, but Keith didn't hear him, and he was dragging Cameron by the neck. And that rope broke. I tell you, we ought to shout and thank the what God has kept us from, what could have happened. I don't know why that rope broke, but I believe God had a hand in it. God is a merciful God. He speaks more than one time to you. He'll just keep on speaking until he finished the work that he started in you. So Jonah went to this city to preach the gospel, and the Bible said, and they believed the Lord. This is a wicked city, ungodly, and God had promised he was going to destroy it, 
but when they heard the word of the Lord, they believed the Lord. I believe thus as the children of God or to thank God every time he speaks to us the second time that we would believe God and get up and act on what God has said. I'm excited about the Lord and his goodness to Peggy and I and my family. And Jonah was sent a second time, and God commanded. Jonah's name means a dove. Jonah was the Spirit of God going into that wicked city to save that wicked city. It's a very wicked city, but God was sending a dove, man, of love. Nineveh means offspring of ease. I mean, believe it's not the time for the church to be at ease. It is a time for the church to be up and about the master's business. Not to be at ease, because we got a mission to a world that God loves. He loves this world. <coughs> I may have to ask somebody to come up and finish. I thought the whole Sunday school class, boy, I'm doing good, but I don't know. Chapter 1 and verse 2 said, That great city, they cried mightily. Thank you. They cried mightily. And they cried against it. Doom of destruction. That's sort of the way we see the world today. A doom of destruction. But I tell you, God sitting on the throne. And he doesn't see what we see. He sees a city that needs to be saved. He sees a city that he sent his son to die on the cross. And come out of the cross to save the city. He doesn't see the wickedness of this world. He sees a world that needs to be saved. And he's sending a voice. I believe there's a voice in this world that's going to go forth like never been seen and heard of before because God loves this world. I mean, believe it, God loves you. I'm telling you, he loves you with an everlasting love, ever-ending love. We're glad to see Brother Sam here today. He broke his back. Brad has broke his foot. I don't know what all is going on. But I want you to know that God is love. And he goes into the most wicked cities in this world, and he preaches love. You said, well, he said he was going to destroy it, but he gave them something to do. He said, 40 days, and this city will be destroyed. 40 means probation. Moses killed an Egyptian, and God sent him the backside of the wilderness for 40 years and put him on probation. Sometimes I believe God puts us on probation to see whether we're going to do what we ought to do or not. He gave them 40 days on probation, Brother Melvin, to set your house in order. If you don't get it in order in 40 days, that's the mercy of God, hallelujah, giving us a chance, a second chance to make things right. Hallelujah. He didn't see that city as the world seen it. I never knew how wicked Jonah was until we went to some friends hour up to the thing at uh, Conroe and seen the, what was the movie? I think Sister Sue might have seen that thing about Jonah. I, I can understand why he didn't want to go down there. When you read the back history of Jonah and how wicked and how mean and they were, I can see why he didn't want to go down there. But I tell you, God wanted that city saved. God wants this world saved. I don't know why two million immigrants are crossing and coming in that border is upsetting us so bad, but I believe God got another vision there. I believe God's got a vision to, for people that's hungry and thirsty for God to be saved. These people wasn't hungry and thirsty for God. They wasn't wanting God. They were doing their own thing. They were the city was at ease with God. But Sister Linda, God saw something in that city that nobody else seen in that city. How many believe that God saw something in you that nobody else has seen in you before? God saw something in you when he called you. He does not look at what you are. He looks at what he can make you to be. All we have to do is yield to the potter's hand. And sometime, the Bible said, then the pot was marred in the potter's hand. Sometimes when God is trying to make us, what he wants us to be, we become marred in his hand. And he has to throw that out and start all over. How many believe that God has broke you at times and you didn't work out the way he wanted you to work out, but he didn't just 
throw you out. He started over where he could make you like he wanted you to be. He didn't like what was turning out, but he changed it. Glory to God. So he preached to the city. And the people of Nineveh believed God. And they got in sackcloth and ashes. And even the king sat in sackcloth and ashes. They said, we don't know whether God was going to repent or not, but this is what we're going to do. Brother Johnny Waters, Brother Jonathan, I believe that was your great-grandfather, right? Great-uncle? Okay. When he fasted, he put his, all of his animals, I was told, he put every animal he had up in a lot. If he fasted three or four days, they fasted three or four days. Curtis Hancock loved dogs, always had some good coon dogs, squirrel dogs, but when he fasted, them dogs fasted. He done out, them dogs done without. This is what's happened here in Nineveh. Everybody had to fast. The king said, I want everybody to put in sackcloth and ashes. I want you to afflict yourself. That's what fasting means, to afflict yourself. There's only one, wait a minute, not the only one, but the best way to Afflict your flesh is fasting. He don't like that. Oh, you're talking about somebody grumbling and growling. That's when you try to fast. You think of every kind of food that you like. And the devil's going, well, let's just don't go there. But they fasted in sackcloth and ashes and cried mightily unto God. Mightily unto God. This wicked city, not knowing whether God would repent and not kill them, but they fasted unto the Lord. Verse 9 said, Who can tell if God will turn his face and repent? How many know if God repents, how many believe you ought to repent? I hear people say, Well, I ain't got no sin. He that saith he has no sin, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. Sometimes sin is not something we do, it's something we should have done that we didn't do, that God wanted us to do, but we didn't do. God has told us something in the Word of God to do, and we fail to do it, that's sin. Anything that's contrary, the Bible said anything is not faith, is sin. It's sin. So they didn't know whether he would do or not. And God told Moses one day, he said, them people has made a golden calf. He said, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. I'm tired fooling with them. I believe God sometimes gets tired fooling. I don't know about me, but I believe he gets tired fooling with me sometimes. He said, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And Moses fell down on the ground in the dust and began to weep and cry for 40 days and 40 nights. He cried out unto God and said, don't destroy them. Don't destroy them. And God said, get up out of my way. He said, I will destroy them and then I'll make your name great. And Moses said, if you destroy them, mark my name out of the book of life. I tell you, that's strong, that's strong stuff right there. And God looked down and the Bible said, and God repented of what he was about to do and told Moses, I'm not going to do it because of your fasting and because of your praying and because you're crying out to me. I'm not going to do it. The reason I'm preaching this message this morning, I feel it on my heart. We've started a new level of life January 1st, not because it's 2022, because it's time for the church to move into a new level. It's time for us to increase our faith. The Bible speaks of ever-increasing faith that we have to do. Now, if God heard Moses, how many believe that God will hear us? Now, the Bible said they didn't know what God would do. But I'm going to notice there's three things they did. They fasted, they prayed, and what else did they do? They repented of their sins. And of their wicked ways. Three things they did. And the Bible said, and when God solved their works. I never shall hope, I remember a message Brother Ricky Edwin preached one time about when God, Abraham sent his servant down to get a bride for Isaac. And he prayed on the way down there. And God answered his prayer. When he first got there, 
the maid came out and said, Sir, I'll give you a drink of water. And while you're drinking, I will go water all your camels. You ought to read how many gallons of water she had to draw up. I just talked to Sister Richard today. I love this push-button push generation. I love change. I'm not a person that don't like change. I like change. Sister Richard and I was talking a while ago. We got a fireplace, but we don't burn that little buddy no more. We down in our barn. We got, I thought, two or three cords, maybe two cords of wood dried, been in there for years. I don't bother it because it's too much trouble to go get it and put it in that fireplace. It's a lot more easy to push that button. Amen. I like to push that button. Amen. Oh, glory to God. And the Lord, Ricky said, in the Lord, the servant didn't do anything. He just sat there and see what that woman's going to do. When she had drawn him water to drink and drawn all the camels water to drink, then he spoke. God never spoke until he seen all three things were fulfilled. Fasting and praying and repenting of evil. Then he spoke. The Bible says, if my people that are what? Second Chronicles are what? Call by my name and do what? Humble themselves, in other words, sackcloth and ashes, and cry mightily and do what? And pray and do what? Seek my favor. What else? Shout it out. Most time people don't quote the rest of this. They don't even quote this on the news, and, and some of the churches don't quote it no more. They quote pasting and that, but they don't quote the rest of it when they turn from their wicked ways. God does not move because we fast and pray. If we've got sin in our lives, we must repent before He's going to move and do anything. And once they fasted and prayed and repented of their wicked ways and all the violence was in the city, God moved. A recent survey, Catholics are the number one church in the world that fasts. Protestants says this. Most Protestants confess they have never fasted in their life. Fasting will get your flesh under control more than anything else in this world. You can pray, but when you start fasting, something happens. And when they did what? Fasted and what? Prayed and what? Turned from their evil, wicked ways and denounced violence. God. You know, oh, Jonah said, I knew you was going to do that before I went down. I really I didn't want to go. All God wants to do is share his mercy, his grace with this fallen world. He wants everybody in this world saved. There's not one that he'd like to see lost and undone without God. The Bible said when Zion, Zion in the Bible means the church. When the church does what? Travails in fasting and praying. Then sons and daughters are born in the kingdom of God. If we really want to see things happen in our lives, we're going to have to increase this month, March, April, May, and right on, and make it a fasting and praying like the early church did. Bible said they fasted often, they prayed often. Let me read that, what they did often. Often, the, the, the whole New Testament is full of that. 1 Corinthians 7 and 5, gave ourselves to fasting and praying. You remember the old commercial? How long has it been since you had a can of whoop band chili? Hey, that's been too long. Peggy won't buy that stuff for me. I had to eat Hormel. But how long has it been since you afflicted your body in fasting? How long has it been since you prayed and cried mightily and asked God to forgive you of any sin, secret sin, of anything like that? How many know that God loves to see your tears? Hmm? David asked the Lord, this. Let me find that. I'm going to have to slow down here a little bit. I'm 
God loves to see your tears when you, when you cry. He loves to see your tears. He asked this question. Asked God, asked, David asked God this question, Psalm 56 and 8. Put my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Tears. I mean, you know, when you really fast and pray and cry mindset to God, he's putting your tears in the bottle. There's a woman, lived about 387 A.D. Her name was Monica. She gave birth to a child named Augustine. He grew up to be a prodigal son. Her husband was not in church. He didn't believe in Christianity. He was sort of like a renegade. She never blamed him. She never blamed anybody. You know, that's one thing that made David a man after God's own heart. Every time he messed up and God would correct him about it, he said, I, what? And what? One time he said, don't blame them people now. Don't hurt the people. Just hurt me. I'm the ones at fault. That's what made him, one of the things made him a man after God's own heart. Monica never blamed anybody, anyone, anything for Augustine being a prodigal son. Never. She fasted. She prayed. She kept her faith in God. She kept confidence in God. She kept walking with God regardless of what was going on. And one day Augustine realized he came to himself. He turned to Christ and was baptized. He lived another 46 years, I believe it was, and he died. Before he died, became one of the major pillars in the church. He preached every day for 40-something years. Didn't miss a day preaching every day for 40-something years. Wrote 40-plus books, two of them are still known, well-read today, Confession in the City of God. He cried not one tear when his mother died. He rejoiced when she died because he said, I know she dies happy because she prayed all these years for me to be saved, and here I am saved. I'm rejoicing that I'm in Christ. I'm rejoicing that my mother never gave up praying on me. And that's where I am here today because of my mother fasted and prayed. In 33 years, I turned to God. Hallelujah. You ought to say amen. I'm going to encourage you this morning that what Charles um, Dodson, Dr. Dr. James Dodson said, most of you probably read some of his writings, He's known as a world-famed child psychologist. He, he said this, For hurting parents, the greatest thing you can do is to make intercessory prayer for your children. The greatest thing, I speak to you parents today and grandparents and great-grandparents, the greatest thing you can do for your children, he said, is to make intercessory prayer for them. And God will hear your prayers. And God will answer your prayers. To pray and fast. Talk to God for these wonderful things. Second Corinthians eleven twenty seven, it said they was in fasting often, cold and naked. They fasted and they prayed. And they called on God. And God heard their prayers. When God heard the Ninevehs to do what? Fast, pray, repent of the evils, and get rid of all the violence in the land, then he did what? How many believe that God will heal this land when the church rises up and become one? Brother Don mentioned here last Sunday. I'm not just talking about this church here. I'm talking about the church. When she'll rise up, fast and pray and repent of her sins, then God will heal this land. When you fast and pray for your children, 
James Dodson said that's the greatest thing you can do for your children is intercessory prayer to pray for your children. God bless you for being here today. I want you to be encouraged. And God did not do anything until he saw what? He saw them fast. He saw them pray. The Bible said when he saw their works prove, he saw their works, then he said, I won't do what I was going to do. I am going to repent of what I've said I was going to do. So when you fast and pray, and I'm going to encourage you this month, some said, well, I can't fast. I can do what? All things what? Through Christ do what? Strengthen me. We'll start next in March about Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach have been to go. I'll just give you a little hint. Their face was fairer than anybody else in all the land because they didn't eat heavy foods. Their face was beautiful and shining because they fasted. Fasting will change your life. Prayer will change your life. And I know some of you probably took medicine. You can't. But you can do away with some foods. Maybe just eat a bowl of cereal. You say, well, I don't like cereal. Well, try something else. Try oatmeal. Make a change. We're going to increase. How many wants to increase? How many want to see your family increase? We hold the key to the, some of the things of our family. These people held the key what God was going to do. Glory to God. I want you to notice they didn't have nobody to tell them to do that. You read that. They didn't have, didn't have no one to tell them that. No preacher. Nobody to tell them. When they heard the word of God, all he said is 40 days and what? And then it was going to be what? Overthrown. Immediately they chose to fast and to pray. Evidently they'd heard about something about fasting and praying, how to change the mind of God. I mean, no, you can change the mind of God. It's throughout the Bible where people fasted and prayed. When people fell on their knees and wept before God, God said, I'm not going to do that. Because I see the sorrow and see the grief of the people. So we're going to pray this morning. As long as I'm, Peter said, as long as I'm here in the flesh, I'm going to keep reminding you what the plan of God is for your life. And what you can see mightily work in your life when you fast and pray. Hallelujah. Fast one meal. Fast your favorite. And I know this may be going a little bit too far. But fast your coffee. Fast your tea. Fast your Coke. Fast your sweets. Make a commitment to God. How I many you know that glory to God? God will not honor any little thing you do for Him. Right. If you give just one little cup of water, He will honor that. I've often wondered why the rich man in hell called for one drop of water. What would one drop of water do? God will honor what little bit you do. He can take that little bit and turn it into something miraculous that you never dreamed was possible. Why don't you just say one day, today I'm not going to have no coffee. I know you probably have a caffeine fit, but you know, you, know, <laughs> you might have a sweet fit. I don't know what you might kind of fit you have, but do it for the Lord. Don't let nobody know what you're doing. You don't have to let nobody know what you're doing. Just do it for God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory Hallelujah. to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible went, Praise said God. the man went at midnight. Thank you, Jesus. He knocked on the door. Said, I need some bread for a friend. He wasn't asking bread for himself. He was asking bread for a friend. Is that right? One for a friend. The word midnight in the Bible means new beginning. New beginning. God told the children of Israel, said, you take a lamb and you kill it. A lamb for each house. You put the blood on the doorpost. 
get girded up and get ready at midnight. <laughs> or to say at midnight. At midnight, meaning new beginning. At midnight, you're going to leave this land of bondage that you've been in for 400 years. At midnight, Sister Barbara, you're going to get out. A new beginning. That knocking at midnight for bread means a new beginning. 120. Every number in the Bible has specific meaning to God. Every word has a specific meaning to God. Every color has a specific meaning to God. The word 120 has a specific meaning to God. When he told Moses, come up on the mountain, he was 120. We don't know where he went, but all we know, he didn't come back. Is that right? A new beginning. Moses is going to get a new beginning. He's going to leave this world and went into another world. He appeared again on the Mount Transfiguration. What happened on the day of Pentecost? When it's all together, how many was gathered together? 120. How many? 120. 120. New beginning coming. Old things are going to pass away. Something new has come on the day of Pentecost because there was a new beginning. I want you to start looking for a new beginning to come in your life. Every day looks like for something new beginning going to happen in your life today. Something new is coming. Fast and pray. Repent. Be like David. God, try me and see if there might be a wicked way in me. Show me. Just say, God, if I said anything to offend you, to hurt you or anybody, I repent. And watch God what he will do.